0: Hi everybody, welcome to Life in the Backseat, it's your girl Simone, before we get into today's episode, I want to make a few quick announcements, um, for one, if you haven't done so already, go check out com. right here, com. okay, Go check it out. Um, on there, there's a blog that I update weekly every Monday with new blog posts, um, ranging over a variety of topics. You can find wonderful merch on there. You can find all the podcast episodes and just lots of good tidbits that, if you love this podcast, you'll love the website. So go check it out. Um, also, if you haven't done so already, please go subscribe to our Patreon account. And as always, comment, rate, subscribe. And thank you for joining me into the backseat let's get into today's episode everybody welcome to live from the backseat um i'm so glad to have r today she's awesome um so r is like a super super mom yes Yes, but um okay so cute and a super auntie to rider and just you're like a jack of all trades which i love so yes so um I so Boz is now 19 months about to be 20 months which is really weird um almost two years in with this whole mommy thing um Ryder is three and is a grown adult which is really crazy I love watching the two of them and I'm so happy that during this whole pandemic um during COVID-19 that my sister and I so my sister and I live together and so our kids have like had each other through this whole coronavirus which is really important um Because, yeah, Ryder is old enough to, like, she's in programs and, like, in school, and she's like, where are my friends, you know? So, no, my son is three, and he's the same way. He's literally, like, at the window, like, Mommy, I'm going to play with kids outside. (laughs) 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 There's people. (laughs) He's like, I would like to see my (laughs) friends. Yeah, (laughs) Boz. (laughs) Boz, So, the other day, I went to the grocery store, and Boz was with me, and it's the first time he's been in the grocery store since, like, March. Um, Yeah. And he had his little face covering on. It was so cute. And he just waved to everyone. Like, literally every single person we walked by, he was just like... And I was like, oh, the kids are hurting. The kids are hurting. So, yeah. mom, like, has just been on steroids just yeah, because of everything. So, um, we've had to be very creative. Yeah. Very, very creative. So one, I love how you and your sister, that's really, like, I didn't know that, but that's actually really a cool setup for you guys to live together, to be able to have the kids together, and, like, to be able to raise your kids together. That's a blessing. That's so nice. It's it's a blessing, but at the same time, it's like, we're two awesome people, and we're both, like single, and mothers. We're unmarried mothers, so it's just, like, weird... Fellas, (laughs) guys, (laughs) just in case you know this, you know? (laughs) If you're ready to step up, and be a stepdad of the year, okay? (laughs) Uh, No, no, we don't need to Let's just work on courting for now. That's all. Right. Start (laughs) there. Start there. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And the other thing is, I went to an all girls school, so, like, in terms of just, like, I was, like, my mom is super mom. I come from a huge family of like women. I went to this all girl school. I have the first boy in like five generations. Wow. Which is really crazy. So it's, it's like, everything is new for me. Um, mm-hmm. in terms of boy, mom, boy life. But yeah. Um, being a mom is like, I think it's really easy. Um, yeah, just cause I'm like, I have a helicopter mom. Yeah. yeah. But I love our setup. I love the fact that we get to like, we get to raise our children together right now. Um, Yeah, it's really, really, I want more children now yeah Uh, let's see that's nice yeah i'm like after quarantine i don't know (laughs) yeah i think this is enough (laughs) i I like you (laughs) you like me like we're okay we might be okay with this yeah no um it's definitely been tough it's had its like little blessings in it i i will say there's been some quarantine blessings like i've been a lot more present as a mom that's one thing i will say i've been a much more present mother because i'm like I can fight this, but that's gonna cause a panic attack. So you know what? You got it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you Here's got go. it. Full attention. You need want it all. Me to come yeah, on. It yeah, it's so, like I yeah. It I love how you said Ryder's like three going on because it's literally how my son is. He's three, but he's like. Oh, mommy, what's this? And how come this? And you need to come here and I need you to do I'm just like, why why are you a miniature adult? I'm like, can you simmer down just a little? <laughs> just a little. Sad. Some of these one-liners I've been receiving lately, I'm like, the camera needs to be rolling twenty-four hours just to catch the things <laughs> that Ryder does. Like the other day my cousin was at the house, Cheyenne was working, I was working, and writer, she McKenzie was playing with writer for like five hours. And then they came to our house. So they were playing at my mom's house. They <laughs> came to our house and she was thinking Ryder's gonna make chill out. Rider, yep. so McKinsey sits down and Ryder comes over and she goes, You're supposed to be playing with me. <laughs> like, let's go play. Yeah. And then McKinsey was like, Can we take a break? Ryder walked over to my mom or her mom and was like, uh, she's not playing with me. Like, yeah. go get her. Okay, like, they are. <laughs> like i know she's here to yeah. play with me and she's not playing with me like make make something happen and it's just like yeah. too smart um Three does, your son, does your son um, um is he vocal like can he does he does he speak way too much yes okay <laughs> does he ever talk about the like, coronavirus oh so okay so i never ex- to him what the fuck was happening and coronavirus he thinks it's a cardi b song so if you say it around him he'll be like <laughs> coronavirus coronavirus he, he, he thinks it's that internet remix so like he oh, doesn't know what yeah. the coronavirus is Damn. the way i explained it was basically just like we all have to be in the house together now like me all you, you your uncles I, we all working for i was like stay at home now i was just like school is closed the party. <laughs> he was like, why am I not at school? Why are my uncles not at school? Why are we all in the house all day with you? Why are like, we here? Yeah, he was very confused at first. He was like, what's on?" And the way I explained it was basically just like, everything's closed. And mm-hmm. so... Yeah, and like he just thinks coronavirus is a Cardi B song and that's his that dance. So that's all he knows. <laughs> so if you think coronavirus in find him, he will break out in the song. You shouldn't be like, coronavirus. i <laughs> love it. No, right is <laughs> like yeah. if you go outside, she's like, Where's my mask? I need my yeah. mask. So if we go outside, you can get sick and we don't yeah. want the coronavirus and i'm like yeah i okay. love that <laughs> yeah no he doesn't i would just well, I was like, yeah, we just have to wear masks now because it's the law and he's like okay <laughs> and, like, and at the same time hands. it's like what is going on oh the washing of the hands i absolutely love it's helped with counting oh yeah um it's great um it well, annoys me sometimes they're gross like, anyways so it's like thank you i'm all for you guys washing your hands more yes yeah. <laughs> yes, but it was driving me wild because so we had this step stool in one of the bathrooms and it's like the kids go ham over the step stool. And when Boz realized he could climb up the step stool on his own and turn Ooh, on the water one. and get the soap. New level I, was of like, independence. I was like, yes, son, but yeah. at the same time, why? <laughs> why no? Uh, At the same time, your bathroom will be flooded at some point. Flooded. Water everywhere. And I'm like, how did the water get over? (laughs) Yes. Oh, it's... it's it's how, fun. How, I have a question. Have you guys been shooting during quarantine? Or how, like, how does that work? Because I know your sister does so, team still. Do they come in the house to shoot with y'all? Or like, and how do the kids adjust to that? Just, that's kind of just out of curiosity. So pre-COVID, <laughs> the kids were fine just because that's just what they know. Ryder was really young. And yeah. of course it's like, hey, be careful, you know, be gentle towards the equipment or let's not push all the buttons. But at the same right. time, when... The crew, yeah, the crew was in the house um, pre-Corona. Um, they're very warm and endearing. Like they work well with our family, so it's yeah. been a very smooth transition for the children. And Ryder knows them. She's like, hey, like, yeah. what She's not even phased by the cameras, and it's all boss knows. So yeah, um, that was fine. We did beginning of Corona. We did have to do some self self shooting. So they basically sent a bunch of equipment and GoPros and camera stands. And we did have to shoot a few things ourselves, which wasn't bad. And it actually gave me more confidence to be like, Hey, I can start a YouTube or, you know, if I wanted to start a YouTube now, I, I know at least know how to like point and shoot myself, you know? Right. Um, now, we haven't been shooting the last couple months, but Shane does a lot of shooting for, like, YouTube. So we've been, like, doing mm-hmm. a lot of, like, self-production at home. Which yeah. has been, like, a family affair, um, whether it's, like, setting up lights or editing. Like, one of my other sisters, she edits all the videos right now. Um... Mm-hmm you know, we're trading off kids. We're running after kids as we're like filming. So Cheyenne has definitely been shooting a lot. Um, I've been doing my best to like create content and shoot content. Cause I really want to do a blog. Mm-hmm. I've just been, I don't know what I'm procrastinating over. I remember you um, talking about that like a few months ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, right now I need help finding a web editor. So yeah. anyone is a web editor, graphic designer, me up at her dm <laughs> um at our um yeah so once i get like blocking with that kind of person i'll have to be shooting more content myself um because it's fun it's easy and yeah. yeah but we will be self-shooting in the future like yeah. i think my sister's still trying to figure out everything in terms of shooting with um in tv for team momo g but um it's some self shooting, or it's like weird situations where like they can't come yeah. in the house, you know. So yeah, that's, that's what like, I was wondering. I was like, what do they do when they like literally yeah. can't? Yeah, because they can't be in the house. Yeah, even time. before it's like, like they would use our restroom. Now it's like you can't use our restroom, which is it's hard annoying. for us because it's like we feel you want to be a good host. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's Hey, yeah, I know you and you know our family yeah. and like, you're, you yeah. know, like, yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying, but it's like, that's a safety hazard. But it's still like, Hey, you know, so, um, there's like little things like that. So I don't know, check back on that in a couple months and, uh, okay. Have a better, better answer for that. Still figuring it out. Yeah. That, that was just out of curiosity. Cause I was like, I wonder, like I wonder how yeah. I'm in this time period, cause everybody does, I mean, like every industry is having to completely change in like some form yeah how they do business how they operate because the show has to go on mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like it's like we did yeah. it's still got to work you know yeah, I, like, like i had to figure out how know. to do Zoom when corona hit i was like well mm-hmm. now's the time I so some, like so i have a lot of friends who are like in production are on different tv shows and some of the shows like i can't say what they are but they are they're they're filming you know yeah. so it's like they're having everyone like quarantine um, they're doing it so like everyone gets checked um, they get COVID-19 testing like yeah. weekly some of the people they get them tested like bi-weekly um, quarantining them in the houses like they're they're yeah. having they're doing different things so people yeah. and shows are still in production right now that's good because also Um, people do need shows now everybody's at home so (laughs) it's necessary Mm -hmm. I wanted to um touch on your kind of like I don't know if I call it like your life motto or whatever but like um release replenish respect yes Um, touch on that and just kind of (laughs) like know like where does that come from I like it so I was like where does it come from and like kind of just can you break it down for like what what it means Yes, so like five years ago, I had this like mental like, breakdown kind of um, where you come from. <laughs> literally. Like, I can just be open and honest about it now, but I literally yeah. just had like a breakdown. I think I was just feeling too much and putting way too much pressure on myself, and I just kind of had a mental break. And in that mental break, it sounds weird when I talk about it now, but it's like, in retrospect, I lost some of my abilities, like to do some certain things like on the computer, like I used to build websites very easily, Mm -hmm. But now it's just like, there's some kind of disconnect. So it's like I was experiencing disconnect in different facets of my life. So I created a self journaling system, uh, which was... Like it was, it was called um, Reminders, and it was a simple reminder of who you are and during this time, my mom just kept saying like, you know, like you can do this. Like remember, remember you did this? Hey, do you remember how you did that? So she was literally reminding me of like things that I had accomplished or little feats that I had, you know, fe- just things that I had done in my life. Yeah. And so within that, I started writing more. I was, went back into therapy, um, just so I could like get my brain right and like get back on track. So while I was doing that, I really got into, like, finding ways so that I could sustain my sense of self just in life. So things that I do to, like, keep myself healthy, I release my emotions. And after I release my emotions, whether it is, like, from my heart, my like, a thought, it could be a rant, it can be, you know... Learning how to be accountable for something and like actually releasing that, like (laughs) those words. And then after I release, I learned that I have to replenish myself because usually after you release a lot of things, you're either you're depleted, you're drained, you're tired, like you're exhausted in some way. Yeah. I was like, I need to replenish my spirit. So I started to like really get into like self-care and um, just like my the values of like self-love and learning how to readdress myself and relearning myself. And then from there, I was like, okay, cool. Now I just got to respect the process. So it's like, I really do my best to like release, replenish and respect. And that respect is like mental mastery. So it's like, now that I know... Like if I'm releasing something and I'm like, why do I feel this way? Why am I feeling tired, or why do I feel lethargic, or why is my body tired? It's like, right, because you're not taking care of yourself, you know. Right. So it's like I have to replenish myself. So yeah, I really do try and stick by that release, replenish, respect in all facets of my life, mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of keeps me not like boundaries, but it it's like boundaries almost. Yeah. Um, it keeps you like, like mentally Yeah. It keeps your yeah. perspective um focused on where you want to focus it. I guess that makes yes. sense. Rather than yeah. I, I noticed, um, I noticed that because when I was telling you, I was reading all your posts about um, Westridge, your old school that you went to um, during the height of the Black Lives Matter. You know, when everything kind of popped off and ten, you know, like emotions behind tension and, and people and everybody was trying to go in the bad way. All the white people were like, "We down with the cause." It's like, are you really everybody was like the shaking their It was just like, ah. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot. Um, but I, re- you know, I was really following kind of. Wow you were going through with that exchange with your old schools. I didn't want to touch on that, but I noticed how you in um, your final kind of statement to them, how you had the release, replenish respect. I was like, oh, I like how she threw that in there. I was Yay. literally like, oh, I like that. I all the way, put a little marketing in there and we just throw my little. <laughs> no, literally. It's like, tra- it's like, it's transpiring in so many facets of my life. I'm like, yeah. oh, I could literally build a whole business behind yeah. release, replenish respect. And it's yeah. self-care, self-love and self-preservation. And yeah. it's like, so anytime it. that I can interject it, I'm like, there's a little self I, plug. A <laughs> little harmless plug here, you know? Yeah. Get with it. No, I loved yeah. it. Um, I did want to talk about the Western stuff because I was following that. It was real interesting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not like, It was super interesting. Like, also, what was. is this? Also because, you know, just in, um, and also I think it's timely that we're kind of talking about this now because there's that whole free grace movement going on. Um, yes. With the young black girl that is currently incarcerated in juvenile justice system because she violated probation by not turning in some homework, and as we all know—well, not gonna say we all know, but we should all know—that there's a school-to-prison pipeline that affects black kids, and um, there's adultification of black girls that is really a problem in schools, and. Um, you know something as a mother that i'm sure you can resonate this with with is like you want to make sure you're making good choices for your child's education like we it, it's but as a black mom it's also so important to like who's educating your kid really matters right and so it's like sometimes it's like damn what do you do because like there's the public school prison the pipeline system and then there's private school which is great but it has its complete own other Cultural, there's psychological trauma. Psycho- it's a right. Psychological and, it's like- and so you know when <sighs> I saw what you were kind of like when I saw you speaking out about that, I was, it really caught my attention because I was like. To me, it just kind of resonated, spoke to that, like, tension that Black people kind of go through with their kids of, do I send my kid to this school that's going to, you know, give them all these opportunities and connections and networks, et cetera, et cetera, but might actually inflict, like, logical fucking trauma on my Black child? (laughs) Or do I send my kid to this public school that, like, maybe the psychological trauma on my Black child might not be as manicured so to speak like it'll still be there but just in a different way but then like there's also this possibility that my kid gets boxed into this bullshit box and like goes you know and gets led astray um so I did kind of want to touch on that and really just know like what was your experience at Westridge and like what motivated you to speak out about it because and you did get a lot of like support back like it's not like you were alone no for the first time in my experience of being part of the Westridge community, that was the first time I felt seen, heard, and I did not feel alone in what I had to say. And there's so many times where I know I was seen because you can't miss me in an in a all white environment. Right. Um, but right. I wasn't seen for like just for myself, you know? Um, so a little background. When I was like in the third grade, I'm assuming, um, my mom says I got tested and I tested very high, like 98 percentile. So they're like, oh, your kid is, you know, you know, they'll be like, oh, you can go to the gifted school blah, 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 blah. Right. So with that, um, my parents, even before that, my parents always had this idea of providing my sister and I, um, or them providing their children with better opportunities, like just very much, you know, each generation we have to do better. So. It was a family decision to send me to Westridge. Um, (laughs) I got in on my own merit. Um, Were you the the only one from your family to attend or did your sisters attend there as well? My sister went to a different school. So Cheyenne's three years younger than me. And we have different learning styles. So we just, um, that's another thing. You have to know who your kid is. You have to take time with your kid, learn your kid's learning style. Not every school is going to be fit for your kid. And your kid is not going to be fit for every school. Um, And that's no, it doesn't say anything about you or the school. So when my parents sent me their, you know, great education, oh, exposure to this, like, top technology at the school. uh, Like, even now, like, they have, like, an all-green, like, Science building. Um, there's like a, a 3D printer at the school. Like there's full computer labs. There's a huge soccer field, like softball field. There's a dance studio. There's a gym there. There's a ceramic studio. You've got your music room. There's a wow. full theater. There's a black box theater. There's like it's it's literally wow. like <laughs> sometimes when I describe Westridge, people are like, why? Or when I speak so passionately about it, they're like, why do you still care about this place? And I'm like, I don't think you understand like what I. Expect as a child and that's because a lot of people haven't you know Um, like I was excited to go to school. You know, I, I was happy to be there because it was yeah. safe. We had catered lunches. Um, yeah. We had, you uni- like we wore uniforms every day. So it wasn't like anyone was like, Oh, what's wrong with your clothes? Like there's a lot of things that I hear people struggle with in school that I didn't have to struggle with or that right. I don't know about. Like I've never been in a fight. Um, mm-hmm. I've never had to fear for my life in like a physical sense where like my mom you know people were she was a cute girl guys liked her you know girls were jealous girls want to fight you yes you know (laughs) my mom people want to fight you so she was like I don't want my children to go through that you know so there's a reason why I was in an all girl school um it wasn't like oh let me put her in this white environment but it was upper education that just happened to be that just happens right. to be how it is. Um Which is a good point you make because a lot of the time that's the thing. Black parents are really just looking to put their give their kids the best opportunities. It's just that, you know, something I think about so often is like we don't have um like there isn't like an HBCU style element private elementary school for black kids. You know what I mean? Like there isn't like the best opportunities generally mean you're also kind of hoisting your kid into this really white space and white environment. So it, it, it's just a very interesting, um, we're still fighting for our freedom our basic levels, yeah. so it's like for me to even be able to attend this private white institution like, the head of the school used to tell them all like, it's a privilege to be here, you know like, yeah. don't complain about the lack of diversity, don't complain about X, Y, Z just remember, it's a privilege to be here right, right. And yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, okay i um, like, okay <laughs> cool, anyways, no um, the thing the about the past is like, here, yeah <laughs> Yeah, I hear you, but no. Nah. Um also think about Pasadena. There's like when I was living there as a child, I wanna say there was like eighty private schools. Um yeah in the city. So it was literally, past it was very much like old money, like generational wealth, um, like elitism, like when all that like white flight happened, they were like, we're getting out of here. We're going to build our own little cocoon, microcosmic world. Mm-hmm. And they did just that, you know? So it's, um, the disparity between the private and pri- the public and private schools out there is is insane. So mm-hmm. I am very happy that my parents did invest in my education and send me there. But just as a black figure, it was really difficult. So the school was fourth through 12th grade, all girls. Um, I was part of the first fourth grade class to expand in size. And when I say expand in size, normally this fourth grade class. There's 20 students in a class. I had the first class where there was 40 students. So of those 40 students, I was the only student that had a black mother and a black father. There was another, I have another classmate who is biracial. She has a black mother and a white father. However, we had very different um experiences um, our families you know everyone's family is different you know you yeah. taught different things in the home um, yeah. you are exposed to different conversations yeah. when mixed within your kids home are, mixed kids are it's, it's, it's a, a whole it's a different, different ballgame oh, it's, it's a whole it's different, different complex different yes. identity issues yeah it's, it's yeah that's, that's I've I come from a family that has a lot of yeah. interracial, but, like, I'm also very privy to, like, um, yeah, mixed kids can, it can go either way. It can, it can go it can, and, and, and they And they have a very unique experience with mm-hmm. racial identity, generally speaking, because not to, like, overly get into it, but, like, the idea of otherness creates this... Otherness, but you're still going ident- to you're still going to be identified as black to the rest of the world. It's just it creates a very interesting dichotomy and a very yeah. interesting perspective that is not. Um, while it's part of the black experience, because biracial people are still black and they still are part of the black experience and their their experiences with black people are still very valid, it's not an experience. Um, I I can't speak. Com- it. com- yeah, it's not an experience completely. Completely. Uh, Matching with many other black experiences that are not from a biracial standpoint. So I, yeah, so yeah I get it. There's, there's like, if, you're if, black, there's but you're there will always be com- other right. right. I get it. So that, does, that doesn't mean for yeah. you that was gonna necessarily automatically be like a com a comrade or somebody who yeah. could understand you because yes. you're like, well, I'm black and be black, and she's like, yeah. I'm I was special, very <laughs> pro black, yeah, and, and yeah, I get And it, it was yeah. just there were a lot of differences, so. So, uh but we we were at, we were in school together for nine years, so it was Perfect. that even made it more difficult' because people would be like, Well, she could be your friend, you well, like, black girl, y'all can be cool when it's like we're not but now. we like, didn't we didn't really have classes together, yeah, um, like we had dance together, um but it's. I don't really remember having like academic classes with her. Um, and that's the other thing on campus. I, the only time I ever had a black teacher was my dance teacher. There were no black teachers in core subjects. There was no right. black teachers like in the admin administrative office, like the therapist that they had on site was literally like the most, the whitest white passive, just, just delicate, fragile, like white woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and they used to send me to her and I'd be like I'm not talking to Judy McLeese like Judy McLeese is telling me to calm down when I've just been verbally and like mentally and emotionally and like spiritually assaulted and she's telling me I'm the one in the office and everyone (laughs) else is still doing their thing like this is not this is not my person to speak with Um, so in terms of having an adult there like in my corner um It was my parents, (laughs) like my my mom and my dad. They stayed very close. Um, My mom stayed very close because she knew it was difficult for me. Um, And we are a very pro black family. And the other thing is, like I now that I'm older and I've traveled and I've had more conversations with people, I I am a privileged black person. And I have, I come, I, that's just what my life has been. So it was hard for me there because it wasn't like I was, I was never the poor black girl. I was, I was the, I didn't really understand the differences between me and my classmates for a long time because in my mind, it wasn't like, my parents were able to provide and do, like, I've never been hungry. Like, I always had, I remember one time this girl got a pond pilot and it just caught a a wave and we were maybe in, like, the fifth grade and we all had these, now that I look back, I'm like, we all had these pond pilots, you know, like what do we need a palm pilot in the fifth grade for? Right. Like, when, I, when had, you I, the I had three of them. <laughs> <laughs> I had three. Right, yeah. I had three of them, you know? So it was never like, I, I never felt like I was lacking in terms of material items or just per, like, yeah, I guess material items. Um, you know, I was never lacking spiritually. Like my parents really yeah. fed, fed me and built me up in like, I would say a beautiful way. Um, I've traveled my, like my entire life. Um, I've, I've been like, going to plays and operas and concerts yeah. and just experienced life in so many different capacities. So when I was there at Westridge, I never, I knew I was different cause I was the black girl and by middle school, they had dismissed the other black girls, blackness, and I was at the TVG. I was the token black girl. So then I was tokenized right. for like a long time. So it's like, and I was, yeah, it was, it was a cr- like when I think about it, yeah. I'm like, this shit is really wild. Um, yeah. it, it's very interesting that you say that because like, I can kind of relate to that experience a little bit because. I also come from like a very middle class Like I also was very privileged in very many ways as a child and as a black child. And I got to do a lot of things as a kid that a lot of other black kids, black people in general, don't get to do in their lifetimes. But it's hey, and and a lot of white people will never get to do. And and a lot, and a lot, a lot, lot of, of spin white spin people. Uh, You're your people. Period. People. Period. Thank you. That's a good point. People. Period. And I, but it's it's so interesting because. Um, even having that privilege as a black person or just as a person in general, like economics does not, um, it does not fully insulate you from racism and some white supremacy. But and it's, yes. uh, it's, it's very interesting to kind of come to terms with that, like, mm-hmm. understand, like, I remember in second grade being told by a white girl, um, well, it's okay that we play with you because your grandma's white. And I was like, oh, my answer can be shit. What the fuck is you <laughs> <laughs> There are three other parts here. Like I was like, I remember being a second party <laughs> and being like, Hold the fuck up, that yeah. doesn't sound right. <laughs> I just knew. I was like, that sounds like a I know it's no it's so I'm not scary, sure how to okay. put it, but I know that's an aggression. And I remember that being a very like That and one of their experiences, second grade being where a white girl told me and my friend that we were, and I still remember her name to this day, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I remember she said, I've been dropping names lately because I'm not there anymore (laughs) and I don't have to shy (laughs) away from my voice anymore that they try to (laughs) kill. So, yeah, but I literally remember she was like, Oh, I can't play with you guys because my mom said black kids are dirty and they have life, and my best friend. Was like, girl, that's not true. Life can't even get, get through life. our hair. Yeah. Know, yeah, she was like, she was like, life can't even get through our hair. What are you talking? about? What are you talking <laughs> about? I remember, I remember those. Yeah. I remember those instances so well, though, because they were instances really early in my childhood where I realized, like. It doesn't matter if my family's better than these raggedy ass white kids' families because and it, it just, they, it's they still than that. have it's deeper than that. Like they still have this idea of white supremacy that even though my entire family is shitting on theirs, like they still think they're better than me just based off the fact that like they're white. And or it's like what hey, you I have is a lie, adult, or yeah, or that what you have is a lie, or. And also that, like, white adults respond to these white kids differently than okay. they respond and to me. So I also remember being The problem, black too. Yeah, they they I were such a problem. like, <laughs> would always, like, like, I remember looking back at my childhood, like, how have I always in that? Like, you, like, what is it, like, peer mediator shit? And it's like, I actually wasn't that problematic. I just actually said shit back to these white girls and I'm the one who always ended up in peer mediation but the white girls never ended up in peer mediation <laughs> we, were being, we were being reprimanded for releasing yeah I think it's very Being interesting that you make punished that point and chastised yeah when we were doing nothing wrong so the other day I was actually yesterday I was writing and I was like at Westridge like Westridge forced me to have to learn how to emote and express myself in a controlled manner where even if I was excited and happy it was too much and if I was sad or, or enraged with like this mm-hmm. anger it's like I couldn't express that I couldn't angry black that. woman right I could so it's like sometimes I meet people and they're like you're really robotic and I'm like oh god here this goes and I'm like I think it's been part of how I was groomed within this environment and how I I, I, how I adapted you know Um, there are times where I was always a very lively kid you know writer isn't writer because she just came out of nowhere you know writer is writer because of her lineage as well so it's like yeah, I was a mini writer. So imagine a mini writer and then all these people are just like, "Well, you can't do this or I'm going to limit you here. You can only do this if, because of that. And it's like, right. that does have, it's all like, I experience a lot of wear and tear, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's like they're grooming you to be, um, to fit into the idea idea that white Into these molds. set for and because there's an idea of what's like prestigious but we have to look at the fact that that's based off of white culture so yes. it's 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 for black children to an extent it's like we have to be very careful like it's great to groom people to be uh, to be able to thrive in affluent settings but also that culture we, we also need to respect the culture of who the, per- like yeah. who the person is and not have these biases because black kids do get that a lot even in um, yes. prestigious affluent settings when their parents can afford to them to go to the private school or the special summer camp or the program or whatever, they still do get the, you know, oh, well, you can't be too loud because then you're the loud black girl and you can't be too expressive because then you're the ghetto black girl even though your family home costs double what the fuck their parents' family or it was costs. even like, you can't, <laughs> like, how, how dare you know what you want in your life? Yeah, you can't demand anything because now you're, now you're a brat. Who, yeah. who told you, who told you you could ask for this? Who, right. who, who gave you the idea that you're actually allowed to do this or have this? Right. Like, why are you so free? And I've found like people like this in my life, they've always been your very free spirits. You have a very free spirit. And I'm like, that's because I'm a free person, first of all. Right. Uh, and at the same time, they're like, how so? So like, part of me is like, I grew up in this privileged environment. Um, I was able to experience my own privilege while I was there. But at the same time, yeah, I was kept in a little box, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's, uh, that box has been a lot of places though. Um, yeah. like I've really pushed that box. I feel and me being in that environment, I learned a lot. You know, yeah. I learned how privilege works. I learned how privilege protects itself. I learned about white supremacy real early. Like I, I learned about it. Um, yeah, very quickly in terms of there are some things you can do and some things you can't do. But at the same time, I was raised like these girls and taught like these girls. So very much in like. Um, what was, there was a case a while ago, some years ago, I they they coined the, the term affluenza and when they were like, when the boy was like, I don't remember what the case was, but it was basically like, he was too rich and privileged to even understand like what he was doing was wrong. That yeah. shit is real. <laughs> it is. Oh yeah, it is. It is. So, <laughs> when, people but it doesn't, live it doesn't in apply bubbles, to us. Oh, yeah. it's, it's real. And that's, like, and that's a very important point to make, but, you're right. Because even black people who get to experience affluence and who get to experience, um, you know lecture like white privilege is the privilege to be ignorant it's the privilege to not fucking know it's the privilege to not pay attention to it it's the privilege to be colorblind the privilege to say well i didn't even know that was microaggression i didn't even know that with race." it's the privilege to let it all go over your head black people no matter what no matter how much money they have or no matter what privilege setting they're in or no matter how affluent they are they don't have white privilege so we always have to know when shit's fucked up. <laughs> you know what I mean? We always, oh, know it weird. Up. we always know when it's coming at us. We always have to microaggressions. Like, it's it's very I love how you make that because it's so true I think a lot I, I I stress that point because I think a lot of people believe that money and affluence somehow can protect black people from these things and I I'm think like it does and then it like, no. doesn't and then you're it 25 doesn't. having a mental breakdown because you're like wait <laughs> what <laughs> I knew all this stuff but like wait what like, yeah, you know, it's it's happening. heartbreaking you know yeah. it's like you know, I, I feel like part of me, I was sent to this school to, to learn. I wasn't sent to assimilate. you know? I wasn't to learn so that oh, I, I like could that. push it even more, you know? Like, we're still pioneers. Like, my parents, it was courageous of them to send me there, in my opinion, yeah. you know? Um There's times when my mom and I, we talk about it and she's like, did I make the right decision? Like she, she, I think there's a certain weight that that my mom carries because it has had an effect on me, you know? Um, so it's, uh, I have to reassure her at times like, no, there's a bigger picture, you know? Yeah. We we did this for a reason. Um, do I feel like a sacrificial lamb? I feel more so like an experiment like, Mm. yeah, Um, I feel like I was definitely a case study. Um, And now that they've built this monster of a case study, and I'm like, I've been loaded with their resources and their tools and their knowledge. And I've seen the inner workings that goes on in some of these offices that most black people have not been privy to. Now I'm like, sometimes I feel like I'm a spy. And when I say that, it's not like in a joking way, but it's like, if the right no, it person is. got to me it's like no 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 no, no. Yeah, up from, it's, you from know the shit it's, the white people don't want us to know. You you, you yes. you're like, I know how the white people move. Like you got to you're a double agent. <laughs> you're a double agent now. That's I like that. <laughs> that's really what it is. No, but I completely yeah. get what you're saying because that's definitely like true and that I experience know. even resonates with me. Yeah. I, I have information and it's I know how certain things are done or how they should be done, you know. Lately we've been so from my mental I call it like mm-hmm. a mental... I had like a little mental break recently. My parents, yeah. my mom, after I released that, my whole house, my, my mom, my dad... My parents are divorced, by the way. So my whole blended family came over. Oh, I love It her. was my mom and her husband. My dad came over. Um, my aunt came over. My cousins came over. And this was all through like in Corona. And they were like, look, everyone's been quarantining. We don't care what's going on. We just want to surround you and love you. And that's when I'm like, I love my family most because I can... They've always stood behind me. They've always supported yeah. me. They've always like they see me, they hear me. That's all I need. And in that moment, they were so worried about me. And I, for the first time, I was like, I feel good. I you like, girl, Westridge. I don't flex me muscles. You're like, I. <sighs> Feel like I, I was I, like, I feel heard. Now I got a little bit of. I honor. was yeah, like, whoa! I, whoa I just released like like fifty tons of like just bullshit, like yeah. toxic, just contaminated shit that's just been ruminating in my body. Like, what was I felt your, so um, good. What was your? what was the school's kind of reaction I mean I read kind of what they wrote back to you but you it, you were really I, calling them to action and then kind of seemed at first that they were kind of just like okay we hear you please shut up and then you were kind of like no action so I kind of want to know like what what was their what, what did they end up doing what was the call to action that you gave them and kind of how did so. they respond to you afterwards there have been a Well, first of all, I think their responses have just been Really sucky, half-assed, the same Kind of mumbo-jumbo Let's give you this yeah, pacify Word, yeah. yeah Let's just address it so maybe you'll shut up and go away Because there's so many people who will shut up And go away I'll be quiet for a minute, but that's just because I want to see what moves you're making, so I know what move what is my next move, and that's what's going on right now for me personally. Uh, but at, from that moment, I I received like a hundred emails. I gained like three or four thousand Instagram followers in that that twenty four hours, um, just because people are like yo, this is wild. We want to know. And this, this is really true. So I had a lot of other like black, um, indigenous, I wish I could say indigenous, but there aren't many indigenous families at Westridge, but, um, black and other people of color reached out to me and voicing the same sentiments. They were telling me their stories. Um, it was really overwhelming. It was a lot. And then I had to like, Anna, along, missed all of this. My family's still there, like telling me, like don't get on your phone. They're trying to get me away from everything, like take a mental health break. And I'm like, no, y'all, yeah. I've been waiting for this moment. Like, <laughs> like, let let me have you. my like, moment. It. Right. Like yeah. I'm, I'm in the bathroom. Like, oh, hold on. Like I'm still using the bathroom. Like sneaking around. Like trying to it. find out. Like, oh, I need to go to the grocery store. And it's like, no, you don't. Like sit down and give me your phone. So they were genuinely, really, really worried about me. Um, I had to do a therapy. So I had an in-home therapy session, a, a, a over-the-phone therapy session. Girl, I'm like, the quickest to be like, um, I'm calling my therapist. <laughs> I'm the first yeah. to be like, oh, some shit went down. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm calling my therapist. I'm texting her right now. I'm scheduling. Yeah, it for my family call me tomorrow. <laughs> in that moment, they really put it that. together. Um, the school, on the other hand, they should have responded in a quicker manner. It took them like two days to get to it. Mm-hmm. And when they did get to it, it was still very like, like womp womp Yeah, don't feel like, don't feel anything. It's not, com- not compelled, you know. Yeah. Um, no, I saw their response. It was really really lame, and I had a lot of non-black indigenous people, of color, reach out to me as well, who were like, "Look, this is white supremacy. I know I'm white. I know I have privilege. How can I help you?" <laughs> Like there were some people that were just like straight out, just like just yeah. calling it for what it is, <laughs> and what questions do these are my questions for the school. Do you have any other questions that you would like to be addressed as well? Like yeah, and they were like, hey, I know they'll they'll listen to me more than they'll listen to you, which yeah. is really sad. Which but at beautiful. the Same time, yeah, I was very that was happy beautiful. that yeah, they there were a few, and the the first girl who really did it, she's someone who's like been. I remember something happened a couple of years ago, and she called it out for what it was. So I was like, "Cool, I like you." Um, yeah. She's also a bit more exposed. Like she lived in Kenya for a while. Um, like her family, and newlywed, so it's just like there's yeah. some there. There are good people there. I don't want people to think like I'm bashing all the families there. Like, yeah, there, yeah, there are some shitty families there. I have no problem saying that. Yeah, also- um, but there was also a lot of really good people. Yeah. who... Suit their children there as well because they're like, hey, I know my kid can be a philanthropist in life and, you know, cause change or, you know, and there's a lot of white families that, you know, participate and benefit off of white supremacy, but they're not necessarily bad people. Because I, yeah. I think that's also part of it with white privilege that, like, a lot of white people just don't fucking know because they're privileged enough not to know. But like, if they there were, some trying, who know. if they were, if they were made privy to it, maybe they'd be better. You know what I mean? They'd be better. Yes. Um, so, so, I, and I, that's I, how I, I think a lot of people are taking that note now too. Because yeah. before, it's like, well, George Floyd that caused a, a huge. Shift culturally Um, I think for the first time A black man was humanized While he was being murdered Like a live execution um, When he called out for mama So it's like I had a lot of like I had peers and classmates Who are now mothers Reach out to me Who are like Hey, you know what? I apologize for whatever I've done or you know, some there is no apology, but it's some yeah in every in every case is different. But there are people like, yeah. hey, I have children now, I'm donating here, I'm buying these books, I'm I'm teaching myself this. I wanna be able to raise an anti racist child. What can I do? Yeah. So this is now where I'm like, okay, you know, what? being that one person, being that token, honestly it's time to cash in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm like, no, like, like that, it's it's, it's okay. time to cash in. And when I say it's time to cash in, it's like oh there's been a lot of attention that's been brought to me personally just because I'm like I like as my yeah. mom says, I kick I kick the door in. yeah um, part of my part of my lecture for my parents is my dad was like, We sent you to the school so that you could articulate yourself and you know, talk to them. I'm tired of talking to them. Uh, We've been talking to them. Um, Sometimes you, he says, I picked up a brick and threw it through the door. My mom is like, no, you kicked the door in. But now that the door has been kicked in, um, there's been some Zoom calls that the school has hosted with black alumni, Mm -hmm. um, which I think have been very interesting um, because they've had no agenda and they've just been listening sessions. So yeah. it's it's a bunch of pacifying bullshit still, um, and most of the black alumni from the school want nothing to do with the school. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? what is, What do you think? Schools like Westridge and these really prestigious um, private institutions? Because I know there's a lot, you know, over there where you're uh, in California. There's a lot here in the DC area too where mm-hmm. I'm at um and they all seem to have the same problem they of, of they need of us, to speak, they what, need us what, to speak up they need us to speak up what can well, what can they do is on an institutional level like that um, things that they can do that they can change to like uh, just be better this is than, where like, it, this be, is where it gets nitty gritty so we've been working on this we've been having i i've been having so many off the table conversations last yes. night we had a conversation with a consultant that they that they the school is working with the diversity whatever. First of all, um, they, yeah, um, what can they do? They can treat us seriously for, for, for one fact. They have not, um, been treating us as a serious person. As a serious uh person, I don't even know how to say it. Um just as a like, being invalidating they, to the experience they, of a black they alumni. right? Yeah, yeah. They acknowledge no fault. So it's like right now accountability is huge, first of all. Like right. just you know I got asked certain questions in history classes, like when we were talking about slavery, like they, the teacher would ask me questions as if I was there you know right. she would ask me questions as if I was on that field or in that house you know so at this point just be it, it's its I don't need you to speak like you are a slave owner and apologize that way but it's take some accountability for like the history that you benefit from or like the history to play like, a part into. A- acknowledge it so yeah. it's like the school can't even say hey you know westerns is actually built because of this private elitism culture blah 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 um, and it's, there's so many things that they can do. Um, they're going to have to change things internally, um, with the teachers, with the faculty, with the training that they have, they're going to have to change the curriculum. Um, they're going to have to change the structure of the school. So like while my school had a, to say very non-effective white therapist, um, they need to have a black therapist on, on site. But then again, when I say they need a black therapist, I now have a lot of, um, uh, classmates and peers from the Asian community who were like, hey, we also face a lot of bullshit, like Mm -hmm. how can we back you while we fight our own fight? You know, so it's like now there's the conversation of, hey, we need an A- eight, you need an Asian, uh, you know, therapist on campus too. So it's it's gonna the school system has to definitely be restructured. And I'm so happy that these private white institutions are being blown out the water right now because the d- defunding of education has affected everyone, and yeah. they only want to talk act like it, it affects. Poor people and like black and brown people, but it's like, no, 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 no. It has everyone jacked up. Like, yeah. and it doesn't matter if you're rich, poor, brown, yellow, white, like, it's everyone has is, is gotten the short stick into the short stick because, you know, like, I have people who are incredible. I know people who are incredibly smart have all the resources in the world yet they are so disconnected with people and what's actually going on and like they want to help and they're trying to help but they're just so misdirect like they're just misguided and misdirected and then they have all these self issues and this guilt comes out because it's like oh my god why didn't I know that white supremacy is real thank you so much for us. We'll if you haven't done so feedback on uh, this episode. The episode's past, we still think we have to be part of the